Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the home studios, Chateau Relaxo, Florida. Tonight, we're talking about airport food and planning that holiday travel. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Like I said in the intro, this is being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida, and actually sitting out on the back patio. So there's a chance that you'll hear anything from coyotes to uh, dogs to sandhill cranes during the recording of this. So hopefully everybody's getting ready for the holiday season. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight, what not to eat on a plane, and then prepping for some of that holiday travel. I'm the first to admit that I'm a foodie. Um, I've had weeks where I've had Chinese in Pearl, Mississippi, followed by barbecue in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and then crab cakes in Kenner, Louisiana, as I wait for my flight back home. Not to mention myself, once I get back to Orlando, hitting up places like Hillstone over in Winter Park or Pisces rising out in Mount Dora for the weekend. Here's a heads up for those that enjoy eating like a five-year-old. If you haven't heard, White Castle is coming to Orlando. So plan on that sometime late 2020 or early 2021. But those tasty hamburger sliders will be available off I-4 out in West O-Town. So short of pretzels and Lorna Dune cookies, I very rarely eat on planes. I think the last time... I even had a meal was on Delta probably 10 years ago heading out to Las Vegas. You know, for some reason, the odor of food is magnified inside those cylindrical aluminum tubes. Possibly out in brown could shed a bit of light on the reason why that is. So airports spend huge dollars attracting quality food vendors to the terminals. And in turn, there's no shortage of opportunities to clog your arteries while waiting for your next flight. For example, Atlanta Harsfield has Pascal Southern Cuisine on Concourse B, and one of my favorite stops is Ludacris's Chicken and Beer out on Concourse D. The old Louis Armstrong Airport has a Zatarans on Concourse C, and they've just recently opened a completely new terminal out in uh, for New Orleans. I have not been to it. Don't know what all is involved in that. Probably will have a trip out there first quarter of 2020. You know, Memphis International Airport has Interstate Barbecue. They also have a Sam Adams Brew House. Charlotte Douglas has probably one of the best sushi restaurants that I've ever tasted. You know, we talk about gas station sushi, and I think a lot of people would put airport sushi on par with gas station sushi. But if you ever get a chance to get by Hisso, uh, it's in the main atrium at Charlotte. Definitely well worth stopping if you're a fan of sushi. In Baltimore, BWI has the Flying Dog Tap House in the atrium. You know, nothing better than having some fresh brew accompanied with some uh, some hamburgers or some typical bar food. And, of course, there's no shortage of McDonald's Moe's and Asian chow to fill your belly. However, none of those should be brought onto a plane. I think in last month's Crazy Travel Roundup, when I was talking with Chris, I talked about a lady that had showed up on a flight with a can of tuna for her kid and then proceeded to open the can of tuna on an airplane. And it just, the, the odor just took over the whole, the whole port of the plane. Not cool. 
Um, that being said, though, I have brought back countless prepackaged local delicacies on my trips back in. I, and when I was in Seattle earlier this year, picked up a half a dozen bars of some wonderful chocolate, passed on the whole Starbucks thing, just not much of a coffee guy. In Buffalo, it was maple syrup, and we're actually using some of that syrup tonight for a pumpkin spice cake, and that's going to be part of the glaze. Nashville, more than once, I've brought back a six-pack of the Yazoo Hot Perfect IPA. I lay over in San Francisco on my way out to, on the way back from Seattle, netted me um, some sourdough bread. So there's no shortage of good food to bring back with you. Just don't plan to bring it on the plane and open it up. Prepping for holiday travel. It is the holidays, which is the high season for travel. And, and back about four or five episodes, we talked about the busy day for travel, right? Wednesday, November 27th, the day before Thanksgiving, which is actually the day that I'm recording this. Hands down, one of the biggest travel days around. Just think about going to the grocery store on the day before Thanksgiving and then multiply that amount of people that you see at the grocery store into the airport. People are trying to get home with family, which I get. Follow that busy day with the second and third busiest day, which is Saturday, November 30th. And then, of course, Sunday, December 1st when folks are trying to get away from that same family. So next up, the big holiday is Christmas. This year it's on a Wednesday, which makes it really tough to parlay that into a three or four day weekend. Uh, you know, most folks plan two big chunks of time off each year, the summer, and then somewhere around the Christmas holiday. And like I said, since Christmas is midweek, um, Saturday the 21st and Sunday the 22nd will be the busy days as people will probably be cashing in on uh, PTO days for uh, Monday and Tuesday. The next busiest day will be Sunday, December 29th, as folks try to get back home for New Year's. And you would expect the best two days for traveling are going to be Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I've done one flight on Christmas Eve, and short of having to take packages, it's not a bad day for travel. Everybody's kind of in a happy spirit, even though they're stuck working. It just it seems to be everybody kind of knows that we're all going someplace to spend time with loved ones. So my last 10 days of travel have looked like this. Last Tuesday, I flew into Atlanta and then back to Orlando late Friday night and then had an early morning Saturday flight back to Atlanta and another early morning flight uh, yesterday, Tuesday, back to Orlando. Yesterday, the morning of the 25th, the Atlanta airport is typically crazy uh, weather because it's the Atlanta airport. We made it through TSA pre-check in probably under three minutes. I think they were already stepping up their the, the amount of gates that they had open or amount of checking lanes for TSA in preparation for today and all the travel pressure that that's going to be put on. So when we talk about holiday travel, let's assume, which is a bad thing to do, that you've already booked your flight, hotel rooms, and reserved a rental car. I have three pretty solid travel tips for holiday travel. Be organized. Have a plan and pack smart. So the be organized part, this covers a crazy amount of ground and it asks a bunch of questions. But if you have some answers to these questions, it will take a little bit of pressure off. If you're traveling with family, make sure that everybody's name is spelled correctly on their ticket. I've talked about this before. The first time my wife accompanied me on a trip, I went through TSA first, started heading over to the scanners, and next thing I know, she's being held back because they had misspelled her name on the ticket, had to go back. And then just this past week, we had one of the residents of Chateau Relaxo planning a trip up into the Pennsylvania area, and their name was spelled incorrectly on the ticket. 
long before they even got to the airport. Thankfully, in that case, we did pick it up and notice it. But that can be a real showstopper, especially if you've got half your party already through TSA and then the other half uh, is, is waiting because somebody had a ticket or name misspelled on a ticket. Definitely check your tickets. It happens more than you than you realize, especially when you don't travel a lot. Arrive at the airport early. This makes a heck of a lot of sense. You know, I once worked with a person who I think their single goal in life was to get on the plane about 30 seconds before they shut the door. I mean, this guy, it was always a three-legged race. To this day, even with TSA pre-check, I still plan on getting to the airport at least two hours before my flight. You know, so what if I'm early? Most airports have Wi-Fi, and I can always get some amount of work done while I'm waiting for my plane. Apps. We talk about it all the time. Have you downloaded all the applicable apps? Airline, hotel, rent-a-card. Do you remember their, your username and password? I mean, what worse time to suddenly remember, you know, what can't remember what your password is that when you really need to log into the app? You know, don't forget downloading rideshare apps, Uber, Lyft. Same with food share. If you're into Uber Eats, make sure you get that downloaded before you get to the airport. And same with uh, Netflix and Hulu. We all have those uh, monthly subscription accounts, and all of them have apps that can be loaded on the phone. Here's a really great app if you're an anxious traveler, the TSA app. It will let you know the approximate wait times, and it's actually pretty good. I checked it yesterday morning before we left the hotel. It had no major delays noted for the Atlanta airport, and wait time was less than 15 minutes. And like I said, we made it through in about three minutes. The other really cool thing that the TSA app has is it has a section that's titled, Can I Bring This? So if you're worried about taking something on the plane with you, this will clear it up. For instance, a turkey, believe it or not, you can take it on a plane. Gravy, not so much. Liquid, more than 3.4 ounces of liquid. It's not going on the plane with you. And, of course, a big hell no to that carving set that's been in the family for 30 or 40 years. Confirmation numbers for your flight, hotel, and rental car. If you've never used the app TripIt, it's free. They do have a paid version, which helps to cultivate all your points totals and puts on it. You don't need it. Get the free version of TripIt. It's perfect for organizing all your travel information. If you're not into apps, if you don't have a smartphone, which I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, create an email or just a good old piece of paper printed out with all those numbers on it. If you're doing email, send it to everyone in your party, including yourself. Phone numbers and addresses, add that information to the to the email above. It's great that you're staying at the Hampton Inn in Lawrenceville, Georgia. If you happen to Google that, there's no less than five Hampton Inns in the Lawrenceville, Georgia area. How are you getting to the airport? Airport parking is going to be in short supply when travel season comes, and it can be expensive. Orlando's almost 20 bucks a day. You go on a five- or six-day trip, easily that's 100 bucks worth of uh, parking. You know, consider an airport shuttle. Makes a ton of sense. They'll normally drop you off right at the curb and do the same for your return trip home. How are you getting to your hotel? Is it rental car? Is the rental center on-site or off-site? Does the hotel offer a shuttle? You know, If so, where does it pick you up? In the case of Newark Airport, is it the end of the, the, end of the uh, SkyTrain? At LaGuardia, getting to the rental center involves taking two buses. So like I said, a bunch of questions, but if you have some of the answers, it can definitely make that travel time a little bit easier. Next tip, have a plan. Stuff will go wrong. 
It's not if it will go wrong, it's when it will go wrong. Take a deep breath. Seriously, short of you forgetting to reserve hotel rooms, rides, tickets, whatnot, delays are nothing personal, and they actually happen to all of us. How you react to it is what counts. Remember the phone and confirmation numbers above? Now they become really important. If your flight gets delayed, feel free to get in the line at the airline counter with everybody else. And for no other reason, it's going to make you feel like you're accomplishing something. But at the same time, while you're standing in that line, call the airline, plead your case, and make sure, because you're going to need it, that you have both the airline's phone number and your confirmation number and possibly the confirmation numbers for everybody in your party. Social media. There's no need to post your frustration. The reason... You know, no one really cares. We're sorry that your vacation trip flight's delayed, but I'll sit here eating my frozen pizza cheering you on. Feeding that social media frustration does nothing more than make you more and more angry. And short of something miraculously happening, you'll probably get a response back from Southwest with some apology. But venting that your flight's delayed due to weather on Twitter is going to do nothing to get you any closer to another flight back home. If your flight's delayed and you choose to leave the terminal, make sure you've got your boarding pass to get back through TSA, whether it's on your phone or whether it's a piece of paper, make sure you have it because you're not coming back through without it. If you're flying, fly early in the day. This is a no-brainer, but a lot of people overlook this. If you fly later in the day, those delays start piling up in the morning and then it's a domino effect and then you're never going to get home. I had this happen at Newark on countless times. It's very rare that I take a flight out of Newark back to Orlando in the afternoon. The chances of it, especially in the summertime, being delayed is pretty big. Kids, if you're traveling with them, you're going to have to entertain them during a delay. You know, Growing up, my mom always held back a few new toys that we'd never seen. When travel plans went sideways, she'd pull these out. And we'd be happy as, as kids can be with something new that we've never seen. And it kind of made their life a little bit easier during the delay. Clear. We've talked about clear. It's not number one on my list, but a friend recently was flying out of BWI. The TSA pre-check line was humongous. He went over, did the five-minute process, got certified for clear, and during that whole process got through TSA uh, security long before he had or would have had, had he been using the uh, the TSA pre-check line. We talked a little about it before. If you have an American Express green card, one of the benefits this year is they'll cover $100. I think it's $100 of the roughly $179 fee for Clear. The downside of Clear is that it is renewed every year. It's not like TSA pre-check where it covers five years worth of time. There's no way that you're going to be able to cover everything that will go wrong, but at least covering a few of these things is going to help to minimize the stress on your life, stress on the kids' lives, stress on the wife's lives, and make the, the holiday travel season just a little bit easier. Pack smart. This is some really important stuff. Luggage. I've said it a bunch. There are two types of luggage, carry on and lost. And that's a great joke, but there are times that I do check baggage. I, a lot of times it involves bringing liquid back home with me that I can't carry on. If you decide to check a bag, of course, make sure that your uh, information is on a luggage tag on the outside, but also put it on the inside 
of your luggage as well. In case it does get opened, the tag gets torn off the outside, at least there's some way to track you down. You see it in every single baggage claim area. Make sure that you grab your own bag. Right now, everybody has a hard shell black away bag. They all look the same. Flying into Orlando yesterday, there was no less than five or six of them on the conveyor belt. Short of putting stickers or doing a Casey Neistat and spray painting something on the side of it, it's very easy to to grab the wrong luggage, especially when you're in a hurry. Medicine. My parents classified medicine as this. These pills keep me alive, and these pills are for everything else. If you check luggage, make sure you keep the these pills keep me alive in your carry-on. Here's a cool thing, and I didn't know this until I spent a few days with my parents. On the side of your pill bottle, there will be a short description of what your medicine actually looks like. It may include a description of its shape, size, imprint, or, or color of the pill. You know, it's perfect if you're looking at a handful of pills. Also, take a picture of your pill bottles. Keep them on your cell phone. That's another way to kind of keep track of, hey, these pills are this. This is what they look like. Clothes. Believe me, you don't need all that stuff. Focus on a couple pairs of shoes, and as my mom says, combine it with a sensible jacket, but really pare down on what you're taking. You don't need it all. Snacks, these go in your carry-on, and they will save you massive amounts of cash. Airport food is expensive, and a Publix buy one, get one box of granola bars can easily save you $48 at the airport. Wet wipes. Not the hand sanitizer, but those little pre-soaked three-by-six fiber cloth. If you're a germaphobe, they're amazing. Pull down the uh, airline tray in front of you, wipe it down if that's your gig. But they're better at removing spots than any sort of a Tide pen. Uh, or if you get a little bit of the Asian chow lo mein juice on your dress shirt. These actually came to my rescue on my flight back into Orlando last Friday night. The lady next to me ordered a, I think it was a Jack and Coke, great for her, and then she proceeded to spill the miniature nip bottle of Jack Daniels, and it really probably wasn't her fault. She didn't realize that the flight attendant had taken the lid off the bottle, and they probably do that so you can't put the bottle in your purse and take it home with you, but she spilt it all over me and my Surface tablet, taking out my keyboard, yay, which I didn't know till everything dried out. Grabbed out of my backpack the uh, little soft-sided package of wet wipes. We were both able to kind of wipe down what we could. Again, a real lifesaver. A power bank, if you travel even once a year and you don't have some sort of a power bank, you are a rube. If you've ever noticed, airport outlets are few and far between. A power bank will help you to keep you from hovering around the outlet waiting for somebody to leave. Here's another thing. Make sure everything's charged up before you leave and head to the airport. You know, more than likely, you've got a few additions of your own. But what was Marie Kondo, the lady that kind of made her uh, name for herself last year for minimalism? You know, before you pack your bag, ask yourself, do I really need to take this? If you plan on taking a road trip over the holidays, a recent news piece lists the five deadliest roads for Thanksgiving and Christmas travel. And probably none of these will be surprised if you live in Florida. I-95 from Florida to Maine, this is probably one of the worst roads ever. It has been bad since I got my driver's license in the early 80s. It really hasn't improved. It is just, it's a deadly stretch of road. 
I-80, California, that runs all the way to New Jersey, I-35, Texas to Minnesota. Here's one thing that a lot of people don't know. Texas is probably one of the only states that has mile marker numbers that go over 999, and that's because of uh, I-20. And I-20 makes the list. Texas to South Carolina, it's it's another one that is just uh, treacherous. And, of course, good old I-10, California to Florida. That's another beauty as well. So the total distance of those five interstates is just north of 10,000 miles. The roads will be packed. There will be delays, mark my words. Every time we've taken a road trip around the holidays, coming back into Florida, there's just some kind of disaster. Most of the accidents still to this day, believe it or not, involve some kind of alcohol (laughs) at some point. I don't know how many times people have to talk about it. Don't drink and drive. Find a designated driver. Call Uber. I think around this time of year, they do a ton of free shuttles to get you home. It's not amateur hour. Don't be that guy. We talk about going to the third bar. The holiday season is not the time to visit the third bar when you're out. But, you know, road trips are great. It's not a race to get to where you're going. Hopefully, it's not a race to get back home. But there's a ton of cool stuff. If you find yourself on I-95 up around South Carolina, spend an hour at south of the border. Pedro will be happy. Uh, if you've ever driven on I-95 in that area, you'll see uh, billboards advertising south of the border. And it's kind of like the old Napoleon Dynamite Pedro says. Pedro's billboards say, Pedro says, stop by south of the border. You know, if you're out in Birmingham on I-20, there's actually an Alabama Sports Hall of Fame admissions five bucks. You know, these are the kind of places that spend an hour during your road trip. It gives you a chance to stretch your legs, recharge, learn a few things, and there's always something to find. Well, there you have it. Don't take food on the airplane, even if it comes in styrofoam. Have a happy and safe holiday travel season, and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.